What's up, guys? Kevin Wagstaff here. Thanks for listening and watching this interview with Ruben and George from Structure Tech. I had a blast doing it. It's kind of on the long side, so hang in there. I promise you it's entertaining. Both really great guys, um, and we had a blast chatting. If you're in IEB, you know all about Ruben and Structure Tech, but uh, it's fun to hear him in this long-form conversation, uh, as well as hearing from his lead, um, George, who they have a great dynamic um, in just the working relationships and all these dynamics of buy-in things you talk about in IEB. And even if you're not in IEB, a lot you can learn um, from someone like Ruben and George. So hope you enjoy it. Um, let me know in the comments and then shoot me an email if you have ideas for other guests or if you yourself want to be on. Thanks. Awesome. So yeah, if it's cool with you guys, we can just roll and uh, and just see where this goes. I know we had a couple topics we wanted to chat about. I was pumped just to get guys like you on here because I know we don't really need a an agenda that we can just go and talk about stuff and people uh, apparently would care and listen. So that's fun. Sweet. Sure. But, but you do some editing yeah, or, or not. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, right. I just, if I, if I, the swears come out every so often. So, you know, I, <laughs> I prefer that it makes it more human and uh, it makes people trust you study show. So well, like and Kevin, I've been, I have been listening to the, to the Spectora podcast and um, I think I, I did go back to the, to the beginning to listen to, to all or most of them. Nice. And only in the last few have I heard bullshit, which is great to hear. And, and just, you know, the, the occasional hell or damn it's like, uh, but when you, when you progress to bullshit, it's like, Oh, good, good. This is listenable. You know, this is, we're human. Yeah. We're not too yeah, stiff. Exactly. Kids all good. Okay. Kids are good now. They have been warned. We're, we're going live kids. <laughs> down. You know, it wouldn't be a, a COVID podcast if some kids or dogs didn't pop in or some ruckus happening in the background. So my, my dog will pop in. It doesn't yeah. matter what I tell him before we start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's get rolling then. Um, for those, if you're, an, if you're a home inspector living under a rock, um, we'll have you guys introduce Structure Tech, who you are. Um, I think most people are aware of your famous content. But, um, but yeah, let's introduce you to everybody, even though you've been on before. Ruben. I'm Ruben Saltzman. The company is Structure Tech Home Inspections. I've been with this company since 97. Ooh. That's uh, my dad brought me on and I, I started then. That's when he purchased Structure Tech. And back when my son was born, I decided I, I wanted more time freedom and I needed to change this business. And we started working on growing things. And today, We've grown to be a much larger company. I don't do home inspections anymore. All I do is uh, this kind of thing that we're doing now. Yeah, content creation. On, that's right. Work on trying to grow the business. And uh, yeah, that's about it. That's where we're at. Awesome. And George, we'll introduce you to the world. Yeah, I'm uh, one of the inspectors inspectors at um, at Structure Tech. And I've been there. I was As you were introing, I can never remember whether it was 2010 or 11. But I, I think I've, I've been with Structure Tech almost 10, 10 years. Uh, Ruben trained me, so any any mistake that I make is directly direct, related. Direct attribution, yeah, love <laughs> exactly. Sure. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a there's a reason for every mistake that I make. Um, <laughs> but the you know I will I will say this, and and you know Ruben brings up his dad, and it's it's real easy to kind of be a commercial for, um, for structure tech. And it's not just structure tech. And it's like, yes, we know Ruben. Um, but the, the, just the Saltzman family, uh, it's, it's, 
it, uh, they are just good people, good humans. So it's not just structure tech and the, and the inspection uh, company and what, and what Ruben is sort of leading. It's the fact that there's something behind Ruben and Ruben's dad. And they, they bring that forward. I just, I feel like I, I like to say that. I like to give a little commercial insight. It's not just structure tech. It's like there are human beings that are doing, that are doing a really good job of, of building this. Christmas bonus is coming right up, George. Yeah, thank I love you. This. Add another zero. You know, yeah. and I'm going to continue. I'm going to start the love fest right away too. And I'll second that by Ruben's one of those people where you, it's the second you meet him, you feel the warmth and you're like, this is a, this guy's cool and he's warm and he's sharp and he's someone I want to be around. Um, and, you know, in our industry, when you feel those people, you're just like, man, I got to be around this guy more. And so he's one of those people. And so we can talk about how that translates to culture and growth and all that, um, you know, at the risk of going through kind of your guys's like growth story. I think it's interesting though, because I think at the size you're at with how many, how many employees? Uh, it's 30 something. I'm not sure. I think it's around 35 now. Yes. And I love when you can't even keep track anymore. It's an amazing problem to have. It's the best problem to have. So yeah, people want to hear this stuff. And so I think, um, you know, even if you can just give us the the couple minute kind of growth pattern and, and where you've been, um, you don't have to go all the way back, but you can, if you want, but yeah, just curious of like the path here, because I, I think people hear structure tech and they see a picture with 30 people on the site and they're just like, Oh my God, it's so unattainable. He just came out the womb at a 30 inspector company. So just hearing a little bit about the growth path and, and George can chime in as well as in terms of how he played a role in that. Sure. Sure. Well, um, you know, like I kind of said, it was, it was about my son coming along. It was 2007 and I was really after more time freedom. I wanted, and we, we couldn't even handle the business we had. It was me, my dad, and one other guy. It was just the three of us. I'd answer the phones. I'd schedule all the inspections. I would in between my two inspections of the day, I would just get on the phone. I'd listen to messages. I'd call people back. We'd go out to dinner at friends' houses and I would be returning calls the entire drive there. We'd get to their house. I'm not done with my calls. My wife would have to go inside. I'd be sitting in the car. I remember this so many times. You were that guy. Yeah, you were that guy. Like, I got to get these calls back because I can't wait till tomorrow. And so, it, you know, time freedom was a, a big reason for change. And we brought on Melind. He was the first inspector that we brought on. Uh, besides us, that was 2009. Mm -hmm. And then George followed close behind that. And, you know, we were always, you know, we, we were bigger than one man shops, but, you know, we we're just kind of a blip. I mean, there was another company in town who here, they were the big dogs. Mm -hmm. And I always looked up to those guys, like, we will never be as big as them. They were the first home inspection company in Minnesota. They're the biggest, they're the best. But at some point I just kind of started chasing them and it was like, uh, yeah. hey, you know, we might get to their size someday. And I just kind of put that as a goal. Like I want to get as big as these guys someday. And once we grew past that, it was kind of weird. Mm -hmm. And it was like, wait, what do we do now? It, it just seems strange, <laughs> but they're, they're all good guys. I mean, the, the owner of that company and I get together for lunch on a regular basis and we share what we're doing. I mean, it's just, it's, it's friendly competition. Yeah. What were some of those keys when you were at that phase? Cause I think everyone can relate right now, especially in a lot of markets, crazy busy COVID kind of, you know, slingshotted a lot, a lot of people ahead. 
what were you guys doing at that time for your phone to just be ringing off the hook? I kind of, you know, I have a hunch of what the answers are, but like, what do you feel were some of those keys when you were just three of you? I think you said you hired your fourth, maybe, um, of just that nonstop people calling you for inspections. Really what it comes down to was hustling and having a motor. I would call real estate offices and I would do presentations at their offices. I'd say, Hey, there's a, there's a change to the, to the local ordinance when you're selling a house in Minneapolis, there's this new rule you got to do. And I can teach you all about it. And I'd put together PowerPoints and I would go to office after office and I'd make it my goal every Tuesday morning. I'm doing a new presentation at a different office and I'm dropping off brochures. And it was just, I mean, it was a matter of hustling. There's so many programs out there that cater to home inspectors and it's teaching home inspectors Sorry, Kevin, I don't know the difference between marketing and advertising. I, I, whatever it is, it's teaching home inspectors to do one of those two things. Right. And I, the way I see it, you don't need to just follow one method. If you're out there hustling, there's a gazillion ways to get business. And I was out there hustling. That's really what it comes down to. But what really started changing it, and I started getting a much bigger ROI for my time, was when I started blogging. That was the big one. And that happened right around 2008, I think. My son was probably about one or so. I started blogging and the website traffic just started skyrocketing and our demand started skyrocketing. And that's where it started to get silly, the amount of inspections that we would turn away. Yeah. And that's where we decided we need more people. I wanna pause for a second there. So for one, for those that don't know, um, best content producer in our industry, hands down, hundreds of thousands of visits to the website every month, have pieces that have done millions in traffic. So guys, I, I always pound the table on people blogging, but like Ruben is proof if you didn't listen to the last episode that this can transform your business. But I wanna go back to the motor thing because you're right, um, you know, the classes that Mike and I teach in at Internachi, the online stuff I see, it's all so like, I don't wanna say basic, but it's, it's technical, it's, you know, there's a technical side, so that's great. But then everyone's just like, well, what do I do? Do I just get on Facebook or do I, you know, we're not even talking about the hustle and the motor. And I always use the word motor too, because in sports you hear about like high motor guy or whatever. I don't think we talk about that enough because I did like a new inspector training the other day and I didn't feel the motor from everyone that like, do you, how bad do you want this? Do you really want this? And like, I, where did that come from, from you? Well, that's a good question. I don't know, man. I, I think it, <laughs> no, wait. Now that you say it, I do know it came from my dad. Yeah. My dad was a carpenter growing up and I was homeschooled. And from the time I was about six, he would start taking me on job sites. Like, you know, you, you need a grunt. I just tore down this wall. I need someone to pick all this up and put it in the dumpster outside. Get to it, boy. <laughs> no, not like that. But I, I was doing the stuff that nobody ever wanted to do. And I'd see him. I mean, he would not take a break until lunchtime. It would just be go, go, go. And that really got instilled in me. So I, I can thank my dad for that, I guess. He gave me a good motor, good work ethic. I love it. I love it. And George, I want to shift to you here because coming into the business at that time when the growth, the hyper growth um, is starting to happen, what was you, what were your impressions coming into the company? Because I love this dynamic right here because a lot of um, you know a lot of our listeners have lead inspectors, people they basically consider partners that have been with them you know from the beginning. 
How did you kind of fold into that? Did you feel it right away? Like what's culture like from your perspective? I, I, I felt the culture pretty early on with, especially with, with Ruben, you know, especially with him training me, um, one realizing that, uh, okay, you know, I have to keep up, uh, because I mean, you can't tell by the picture, but, uh, there's a bit of an age difference between Ruben and myself. And, and I was coming from a different industry and it was a, so this was a complete, this was a complete change for me. Mm-hmm. For, for everything. It, it literally from going, uh, from, from being behind, sitting behind a desk at a monitor. Um, I was, uh, I was a software trainer and a technical writer and wow. I was coming into this. So it, it but, and I, I had always had interest in it and I did it for about a year on my own. And then I joined, joined structure tech, um, which was me thinking, I think I wasted a year, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, the, the, I sort of eased into, into the culture, but I could just, like you said, when you, when you meet Ruben, you know that there is a motor there. Um, I was just talking to some of the new guys the other day. I think we were talking about tool belts. And I said, uh, you know, Ruben, um, when, he, when I was training with him, he had, I, I was called the, the gunslinger because he's got, <clears throat> he had this belt that was just really low. And I said, you could always tell uh, how far away he was and how quickly he was approaching by the sound of his tool belt. <laughs> <It's> like, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so there was, there was, there was that to kind of keep up with the, you know, actually, you know, going through, he's very, he, he, very process oriented. And I think he brings his, I, his sort of flow and what he's doing with an inspection and how detailed and thorough it is. I think he's bringing that to growing the company, um, being just as just as thorough and just as uh, as diligent. But the, um, you know, at the at the beginning, the culture was, it was it was you know truly unrecognizable. <clears throat> Excuse me, I didn't really even know. Um, I you you couldn't really recognize the you couldn't recognize the growth. You know, it was just five of us. And then, uh, in fact, I met Melind and Melind said, we met because we were doing some other licensing for some Minneapolis uh, inspections. But he said, you know, Ruben's kind of growing the company and you know, you might, you might be a good fit. And then that's where it started. But then, you know, a year later, two years, it's like, oh yes, yes. Ruben is really growing this, growing this company from, the when I first uh, when I did first start, I didn't know who Ruben was, <laughs> um, but he's like you said, he's always that guy with the motor. But he's also always the guy in the front row. Uh, every time, every time I'd go to the at the beginning when I'd go to the we had um, we have some organizations here. Uh, Mishi is one of them, and they have uh, we we would do this test house, and he was in the front row. And, you know, Ruben always, is always going to look young as is his dad. And he looked, he's at the front row and some of the guys were asking questions saying, well, you know, whatever the detail was, uh, no, I think that's okay. That's not a defect. You saw this kid in the front sort of wheel around and he was very polite. He goes, uh, no, actually, da, 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 da. and just, you know, but everybody knew who Ruben was. And I looked at this guy, I said, who is this guy in the front row? He looks 12. Can he, does he drive yet? I don't even know. 
but you know, but I just, I, you could recognize that this, that this, that this kid had a motor and, you know, when, when I saw an opportunity to join, I, I thought, yeah, yes, this is of, of all the organizations, um, Ruben is going to make it easy for people to uh, begin a career as a, uh, as a home inspector. I love it. And if nothing else, I want people to, to examine their motor, like the level, what is the cadence and the pace you operate at day to day? Can it be better? What are the things you're doing with your health? Um, but I'm also hearing Ruben that you had a vision and kind of building this culture. You're almost like IEB before IEB. I know, I know IEB, you know, teaches and pushes a lot of this stuff, but you yes. sound like you were almost doing it kind of instinctively. Like were you, was there, was there any fake it till you make it involved? Because I think confidence is a hard thing to preach and teach to people you clearly have it you present yourself well i just want to know what others can take away to just kind of get out of their comfort zone and bust through that and say like be that kid in the front row or that person doesn't matter if you're 60 or or 20 i think that's the biggest thing is just just start working at it i mean so many people are worried that what they're doing isn't going to be perfect and so they don't even try that, that was a really good book I read was how to be an imperfectionist. Mm. And it, it taught me that being a perfectionist is a curse. It, that is not a good thing at all. I used to think of it as a good thing. Like you're doing really good work, but I've, I've changed that mindset to realize it's, it's debilitating. It, it stops people from doing things at all because they're afraid that they're not going to do it perfectly. And once you can throw out that mindset and you can just say, look, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to write this. I'm going to make this video. It's not going to be perfect. And who cares when you first start out, nobody's watching or reading or paying attention anyway, just start getting it done. And you can improve your process as you go along. And as you get the reps in, you will start getting better at it. So I guess my, my, I, hopefully I'm answering your question, Kevin, and it's, it's just get out there and do it completely. Don't, don't let the idea that you're not doing it perfectly stop you. I just hear it so often. And that's why we talk about it so much on the pod is that one, yeah, nobody cares. Nobody's paying attention. So lose the ego. I think a lot of it is ego. And a lot of it is um, worrying about what other people think. And I think our mm -hmm. industry is so, you know, that's why there's no content creators in our industry. Cause we all worry about what other people think. Um, I love that you said I'm detail oriented. I'm thorough. I'm just a perfectionist. Like everyone says as a badge of pride. No, it's holding you back. It's, it's, yeah. putting, a, it's putting a lid on you. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, it's, it's an important characteristic for a home inspector to have. I mean, you better be detail and thorough if you're a home inspector, but you gotta know when to be able to shut that off. Yes. Love it. Love it. Um, we can come back to some of this stuff. Let's change gears a bit. Um, you guys recently have moved over to Spectora. Pumped, excited, love having you guys. <laughs> um, you know, from day one, Dave interacting with George and just had was raving about him. And I was like, if he's one of you know, if he's with Ruben, guarantee he's gonna be just as wonderful and just as you know, just as fun to work with. So I was pumped from day one, knowing that just the the level of professionalism, the level of detail, the things you guys care about, it's just different. Like, you know, like everyone thinks they're unique in this industry, but like you guys, you just March to your own beat, I guess, is a, a, a terrible metaphor or way of saying it. But um, talk to me a little about the process for, because sometimes people listen to this that haven't moved over yet, but like, God, transitioning this many people, not easy. Oh my um, so step me through even the thought process from the beginning of saying, well, George, moving the Titanic. George, tell them, 
tell them why you wanted to change and then I'll jump in with what my thoughts were on it. Oh, what if I have the wrong answer to this one? Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, well, there's two things, two things that when I was thinking about this, it's, it's like, when did we start thinking about this? I remember at Inspection World in January, um, we were talking to, we were talking to Charles Buell and he had some software coming out and, and I was, um, we were just kind of thinking and I, I, talked to you about it before, but there, but sometimes there's no real good time to change a platform like this. And um, we just ended up, I just said, Hey, what do you think about changing software? And you looked at me, go, you said, fine, go ahead and do it. <laughs> so I took advantage of you possibly being a smart ass thinking, okay, we need to start thinking about doing this. Um, but yeah. uh, wait, can we the, pause there for a second? Cause yeah. this is, for anyone that leads a multi-inspector company, whether you're being a smart ass or not, I do see a commonality and it's probably a good IEB influence there of just trust and having a team, you know, whether you're being smart or not, I've seen this with like Rob Lemoyne and others where they're just like, Hey, George, you're my guy, figure it out, figure out how it can help us make us more profitable, save us time. I trust you. Of course I got to sign off on it, but like that level of trust, what did that do for you, George? Like to me, that has to, increased loyalty investment and just being like, damn, I am a part of this. You know, I, I, I will. Yeah. I, I will say that there's Ruben is just, he's generally a trusting person. So I took it as him being, you know, a bit of a smart aleck, but, but also just a way into, to making it a, a change uh, yeah. for the company. Um, but you know, we keep hearing about different, we were, you know, you keep hearing about different software and the software that we were using, you know, they weren't necessarily advancing and, you know, the cool factor wasn't there and these weren't really sexy reports and they were just bleh. I just, we needed something that was more current and up to date and more, more than likely cloud-based. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we decided that we needed to, to, to take the charge and, uh, and do this. So Ruben, what was the answer I was supposed to give? Well, no, that was it. I mean, the, how we get on your yeah, okay. the like, thing was you, you wanted to change software for all of these reasons. And mm -hmm. I mean, I just thought to, to myself, this is a ridiculous amount of work. I mean, it's crazy what it takes to yep. transition from one piece of home inspection software to the other. Cause there's no like button you click no, that takes all of your button. comments and recreates it. I mean, this, this software, our library has been a labor of love for the last, I don't know, eight, six to eight years, whatever it's been. I mean, it's crazy. And in your so, mind was like, in your mind, Ruben, were you like, Hey, things are great. We're growing. Like, like, why would we change something that's working? Well, or yeah. I mean, I, I knew I was, I had completely fallen out of love with the software we were using. When we first got it, I loved it and it was great and it's been rock solid, but there have been no changes to it since we first started with it. Mm -hmm. You know, we started using that software in like 2012 or something. Right. And it has, right. it has just sat stagnant. So I've fallen less and less in love with it, but it's still, it's good enough. And I feel like I'm not gonna get more people asking for home inspections based on our final report. So why, why go through this? And when George said, Hey, let's, let's try out some different software. I mean, 
I don't remember saying it, but it sounds like something I'd say. I, I could totally <laughs> see myself going, yeah, you, sure, go for you were, it. You were right. You were drunk with power. That was it. <laughs> and you just, you give these edicts. Um, but then, it, it, you know, it was that, and then we started thinking about it. But, you, you know, to change software, like Ruben was saying, it is, it is a monumental task. Uh, because we've got thousands of comments, they need to come over and the software that software companies that are out there, there's no great way of, of importing and the software that we were using. Um, you know, I, I, I am sure that they get hundreds of calls a day saying, uh, can I import everything into an Excel spreadsheet? And the answer is always the same. Uh, no, you can't. So it's like, okay, we need, we need to be able to do something and we, and that has to be importable. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, that's kind of January, February, sort of thinking about it. And then I think um, Tessa and Eric went to IEB where they, I think were further exposed to Spectora. Saw a lot of the folks at IEB using it and that coupled or tripled with uh, COVID. Well, you know, this is about as, as good as it's going to get, you know, as far as an opportunity to to migrate and to cha completely change the, the platform that we have. So um, I knew that I was going to be taking some time off. Uh, so I, I'm thinking, I think this is the time. This is the opportunity that we're, that's not going to come along uh, hopefully ever again <laughs> right. to, yes. to, yeah, I know to, to, to actually spend the time that, that we need um, to, uh, to, to fully, you know, to, to fully change the platform. There's, there's no, there's no real sort of um, way to ease into new software. It's like, here's the old software. Here's the new software. There you go, kids. Uh, good luck. So, um, you know, once March hit March and March, uh, April, and I think April and April and May, I spent the, uh, or no, actually, I think, it, oh, I, I was still inspecting in April. It was really May, June was when we, we made the transition, which also gave us an opportunity to completely look at each, um, at each comment that we have, make sure it's right, make sure it's good, make sure it's, you know, I had Grammarly running in the background <laughs> just to make sure that, you know, that things were, that things were going to be worded, uh, were going to be worded well. So that, oh, changing all the links, making sure, because we have, we have, uh, hundreds of links in each in each one of our um, in each one of our comments in, in, in the report a lot of the comments have links directly to, to the blogs that Ruben has so to change to go in and change every one of those and to test each one and so a lot a lot of work but two things one when uh, <laughs> when I imported all the information from uh, from our, our former software. I like how we're being very politically correct. Our former yeah, yeah, software. You, I mean, you guys can say whatever you want. It's all yeah, well, you know, try, look, but I don't want to bash anyone because it's not bad. It's, it's not bad. We just needed something. We just needed something else. Mm -hmm. So um, when, you know, when the, when uh, we were able to import everything into Spectora and it's like, well, that went, that went a lot better, a lot better. Than I thought I was going to. I'd, I'd been involved in a couple, you know, sort of behind the scenes in, in some migration work with some other companies that I've worked with. And it's always a freaking nightmare. <laughs> it is always, it's, it's always like, okay, all hands on deck. We need oh, this information didn't. And then all of these bleary eyed people are, are trying to get this 
last little chunk of information. It's like 90% of it worked really well, but it's this last 10%. And it, it, Spectora made it a lot easier for that, for that to happen, to just bring it all, to bring everything over. It's not perfect. It's, there's still a lot of work to do, but it's a great, it's a great start. And like you guys were just saying, if you're being a perfectionist and you don't want to leave one platform, um, because you don't think everything will be perfect in Spectora, you know, it won't just like right away, but it just take everything takes a little tweaking and you have, you know, you have to proofread stuff. But I was, I was very pleased with how well that went that first pass. And then after that, it was just me editing and bringing in the picture. And, oh, we changed. Uh, and that was our decision. We changed a bunch of the graphics and, mm -hmm. but we got, we, we kind of got this thing where we wanted it. Um, I'm all about clicks. I, I, I will remove a click in front of someone every chance I have. So it was, it was, and, and Spectora made it easy to, once the template was in, Spectora made it easy for me to, to move things around and to edit. And it's like, uh, I think I want to separate this because admittedly you're going to, it's going to create some scrolling that maybe you hadn't counted on. But Spectora made it easy to like, you know what, let's, I don't, these don't need to be in one section. Why don't I just divide these two? It's like less scrolling and it's, it's more, a little more drilling down and it's just way easier to do in the field. So the, uh, you, yeah, Spectora definitely made it easy to, to bring everything over, uh, then proofreading it, getting it out. Uh, and the, even the, the, you know, when, when we sent it out, I don't know. Tell me if I'm just answering too many questions that are, haven't even been asked. But <clears throat> you know, when um, when we were working on it, I was working with uh, I was working with Eric and Tessa, and you know, kind of working on 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 how we wanted to test it in the field. And I knew that uh, that Eric, if you if if or I should say, when you meet Eric, um, you you will you'll describe him as tenacious. And, and he's very detail-oriented. He's a very, very good inspector. And he's, um, he's the person that, that will, you know, if you ask him to do something, is yep, I'm on it. That, that's Eric. And he's like that with, with Spectora. So it's like, okay, buddy, you're going to be the one out there testing this stuff. And he did. He tested the crap out of this thing. So is he a lead inspector um, or is had, he just kind of that young, nimble, tenacious member of the team that you thought, hey, he'd be good in helping kind of figure this stuff out? Both. I think I think he's a he's, little both, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's he's definitely that, but he is also our production manager. He oversees okay. all of the team leads at our team. He is he is inspector number one at this point, even though he's been with us the shortest amount of time. He's just he's tenacious. He's gotcha. the right he guy is, for the it, job. But he had but he had experience. You know, he had a, a lot. He had managerial experience before he yep. even joined us. So he he was kind of he hit the ground. <clears throat> hit the ground running a little faster than I think other people would be. So, so to have Eric out there testing this stuff was, I mean, just, it, it was just, was just fantastic. Cause at that point I wasn't even, I wasn't even inspecting. So, you know, the most I could do is just like, yeah, let's test this. Let's see what this does. But um, Spectora makes, makes changes, makes changes easy. And, you know, it's still, it's still evolving. We're still, you know, another one of our inspectors, um, very detail oriented, Joe. Um, he's got he's he, he has the most feedback regarding the comments, and 
<clears throat> when he when he gives me a change, I can make that change really fast, really fast, and then it's up for the, uh, it's up for everybody the next day. So I totally dig that about Spectora. Love it, love it. And so while this is happening, Ruben, was this how much of this? How involved were you while the testing's happening? Was it how purposeful were the people that were testing and piloting? Because I think those decisions matter a ton. I think some inspectors are they just think of it as black and white, like oh, we're changing software or we're not. It's like the implementation can make a huge difference. Sounds like you're the right people on it. Oh, that's that's what it all came down to. I mean, I basically had nothing to do with it other than organizing who was going to do it. That's really all I did. If I had to write a report with Spectora today, I don't think I could. I, I, I don't really know how it works. I just know what my team has told me. And it was a matter of figuring out kind of a committee, like who wants to raise their hand, who wants to be a part of this, figuring out whether it was even feasible to transition to Spectora. We, mm -hmm. we had that team do a bunch of meetings and then figuring out who's going to be a part of the software committee, who's going to write it. All right, George will, who's going to test it. Eric is going to be the lead after Eric, who are we going to roll it out to next? Uh, well, let's have my dad on it. My dad's one of the oldest people on the team. And you know, the thinking is, all right, if my dad can pick this up and figure it out, <laughs> None of y'all have an excuse. <laughs> well, he, well, here's the thing. I'm gonna jump. I'm gonna jump in there. Your dad was. Your dad was fantastic. He was. He was sort of hectoring the younger guys, saying, "Look, you guys, you got to get into it. You, you got to use it. Just get out there and." Wow. His dad, his dad was like, just get, kind of needling the younger guys for like, oh yeah, yes. I'm still using the old stuff for a while. Oh, your dad's a like legend for that. That's legendary. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I mean, he. Yeah, he was poking all the younger guys like, quit, <laughs> quit making complaints. So, you have no excuse to not use this. Yep, yep. And I, I will admit, it towards the end there, it got to a point where, I had, I kept checking in with the team week after week. I'm like, where are we at? Where are we at? Where are we at? And once it was about three weeks in a row of, the same people are using it. The same people haven't started using it. We had made no progress on the transition. I said, all right, guys, we need a deadline. I, because <laughs> we're going to have people just sitting there not willing to do it until you light a fire under their butt. And so, what are we going to do for a deadline? And everybody came up with a deadline. And then, when I rolled it out, it was kind of like uh, everything hit the fan and people were not happy mm -hmm. because all of a sudden it was like, wait a minute, I thought we had a lot of time to do this. And it just, it went a little crazy. I made some mistakes there. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have made it quite so heavy handed with the transition date, but. So part of the team had a hard stop and how much, how much notice was it like a month, two months? I don't know, George, I'm sure you know the day and time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We had a couple of uh, very specific discussions on this. Um, I think they, I think the guys had a couple of weeks. And, and by the way, guys doing their homework, probably. Yeah. And well, yes, yes. But I just, I, I sort of knew it's like, we're going to need a little more time for this. And I think the date took me by surprise and some of the other folks by surprise. Uh, but you know what? We have since recovered. I think that's the, that's the important part. Ruben. That's the important part. We, we can laugh about it now. It's awfully adorable that it happened and that we can move on. Yes. But so what does that look like coming out of the other side of the tunnel? Like what were the, Oh, I, that's why you made us do this or, Oh, I get it now. What were some of those aha moments from the ones that kind of were kicking and screaming? 
You know, I, I, I can I, I'll take this one just for a second. Um, it wasn't, it's like anything. And it's the, it, it's, it, it, I think it kind of dovetails to the perfectionist conversation we had. It's like, I'm going to go in and I'm not, I'm not going to use this perfectly. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be able to use this as it should be on the first day. I think that that prevents people from just starting to use it. Right. So they weren't starting to use it. That means they weren't going to be using it. So you have to give them the, the, the hard deadline um, of, of just starting. Otherwise, otherwise they won't, but it's not that they didn't, it's not that they're not great at it now. They just, you have to, you have to give them the little push to get that going. But I think everybody's pretty happy with it now. Very yeah. happy with it. Yeah. Cause I was just curious. I'm always curious what the, um, the pitch or the incentive is like, because I always prepare, um, you know, especially big multis. I always tell them like, this is typically what we hear back from inspectors after the fact. So you can say this with confidence to your team that like, Hey, if you spend a few hours at home on that evening and you don't want to do that anymore, that's pain that we could take away by going through the short-term pain of learning something new. Oh yeah. And I think, I think they, they recognize that. I think they recognize that very quickly. Like even, and my pitch was, <clears throat> even if you get halfway done with the report, that is, that is, that is more than you ever got done with the, with the old software, because we weren't able to do that. Mm -hmm. You just can't, you can't do that at all. Um, <clears throat> and actually it was kind of, it was kind of interesting to hear um, how some folks, and it was, it was good for me to hear because I, because I experienced the same issue. I thought I was the only one. Hold on one second. I thought I was the only one, one person, but I think someone like, um, I think it was Matt. He said, you know, you get to a point where, you know, you're using the, you're using your phone or the device or whatever, and you're taking pictures and everything's going fine. But then you realize that it's taking just a little bit longer because of your learning curve. And then you just go to your camera, your regular camera, and then you just take photos of everything else. Like, oh my God, I'm so glad someone else said that because that was what I, that's what I was feeling. But uh, I was feeling it because I'm, I'm using, and I've just been using my phone and I'm, I'm scrolling down and, but then I'm looking as like, oh, that one could be worded a little bit differently. So I'm getting distracted by the stuff that's already there. So by the time, by the time I need to like be, oh yeah, I got people coming here. So I, then it's like, oh, to the camera. It's like, and, and every time, every time I'm using it, I am pushing myself it's like i'll reach for my camera and i'll say no nope no camera nope you're using the device let's get like this a thing shock going. collar on there like some volts that come through almost almost that it's almost what it is and you know i i have to i have to push myself to use it because i i want to be as complete with that inspection at the end of it as possible and and you know and still learning and you know editing as i editing as i go but i there, there is a, there's a learning curve, but it's, it's pretty, it's pretty quick. Yeah. You know, if anybody's used an app before, there's no reason they wouldn't be able to use this. I love the, I love hearing the technical side and kind of how the inspectors used it in transition. Ruben, did you, cause you're a master marketer, you're probably the best marketer in this industry. Um, so I always get excited when I run when I meet companies where I'm like, wow, you guys know how to market, you know how to write you know, how to pr produce content. Did you see this as, Hey, our growth team and, and I can, can use this stuff as good marketing fodder. 
Uh, I I want to say yes for your benefit, Kevin, but honestly, no. no you it just was, said, hey, pure for the team. Pure it was for only team. for our team. Yes. Perfect. It was, it was to make the inspectors uh, happier, to have them give them more life at home. And for the inspectors who were only doing one inspection a day, I wanted them to be able to do two. We lost the first inspector on our team in 2020 or was it 19? No, it was 2019. I believe we lost the first inspector ever because he was not able to do more than one inspection a day. I mean, that's where he capped out. No kidding. He wasn't comfortable doing two a day. And he lived quite a long distance from the twin cities mm -hmm. and it just, it didn't work out for him. And he eventually had to transition into something else to, to try to get more money. I'm, right. I'm sure he is now, but I didn't want that ever happening again. I, I want people to be able to do two a day. And yeah. so we're trying to figure out what is it? And the software was a huge part of it. So that, oh. that was really the big driver. I mean, having a much more beautiful report is just a side benefit. Yeah. That's great. It's wonderful, but it's not what drove this. And happy people, man, like there's no price tag you can put on that. You know, I'm sure you could try to measure it, but happy people. Happy no, you're company, taking the words people. right out of my mouth. Kevin. <laughs> exactly. You are completely right. <laughs> Yep. Uh, yeah, I know, and I I know the drive. I know the drive was for the was for the inspectors. I mean, on my side too. It's like the 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 reason to do this is that we need to have people do more inspections if they want to, and also be because there's there was so much. The bane of our existence as home inspectors is the report. It is the yep. thing we dislike the most, and to to be able to have even like I said, even 50% of it done is 100% more than I had done when I would leave before. So it was the, the driver of this was, was work-life balance because I don't want to be, I don't want people to not have time with their family or people have to get up really early in the morning to finish the reports from the day before. That's the goal. Yep. Yeah. Cause that resentment, it's a slow bleed. You may not notice it right away. Like I try to be mindful of this with our team even. And it's like, those little, those, they just add up over the days and weeks and it manifests in weird ways that we, you know, we probably can't even notice half the time. Yeah, yeah um, exactly. I kind of just want to open it up now. Thank you for guys. Thank you for sharing kind of that, that progression and how it was handled. Um, this is the part I was more excited about just seeing what's interesting to you guys and just kind of shooting the shit for, for however long um, of like <laughs> what challenges you face, what's, what's interesting to you in the industry. Well, I, you know, and I want to ask you, Kevin, what, wh why do you do a podcast? What's the end goal? <laughs> Let me think back. Um, because we've been doing this well before COVID, obviously. So everyone has a podcast now. I know you have as well, right? Um, uh, yeah, I, I started a podcast like shortly after I did the first podcast with you, I think. Yeah, yeah. I want to be on it, by the way, if we can find a reason for, for people to be forced to listen. To All right, we'll get you on it. Um, Consider it done. Yeah. I, I just remember thinking that home inspectors are in the car all day, every day. And like, there just wasn't a good resource. Cause I, when we, when Mike and I started Spectora, it was a small SaaS company and there was this podcast called startups for the rest of us. And they spoke specifically about issues we were going through as a small software company. And it was so informative and there was so much little nitty gritty details that only that podcast gave us. And so I, I was just thinking like, man, our industry is kind of behind in a lot of areas on the tech and media side. Like I could talk to, I talked to inspectors all day, every day anyway. 
uh, why don't I just record it and see if anyone gives a shit? And uh, at first, you know, it, it, well, actually my first episode was Ben Gramico. So people naturally cared quite a bit because people know that name, but one, I thought it was fun. So it was part selfish where I'm like, Hey, I enjoy talking to people and hearing stories and hearing their success stories and what worked well and what didn't cool. This is, this is easier than writing code or building a website or doing a demo. (laughs) Mike Mike gets jealous. Sometimes he was just like, Oh dude, you get all the feel goods and you just get to like have all this fun. And I'm, I'm over here, you know, running the, you know, putting out fires, but yeah, I think it was to put content out kind of knowing that it's like the content marketing mantra, right? That you always yeah. say, like put value out there selflessly and it comes back to you somehow, some way. Yes. And I thought this would be freaking fun just to hear, let people tell their stories because this industry is isolating. Like, I think I don't mm-hmm. think people get how isolating it can be to be a home inspector, especially a solo. Um, yes. And so I think there's just community that's springing up in different places in our industry. And I wanted to be a part of that. Okay. That's and, awesome. you, and and by the way, you you do a good job, man. I I've, yeah. I've like I said, I've I've listened for for quite a while now. I I have always said about podcasts that I I love I love the format. I love the long the the long format. It's like oh, this podcast is forty seven minutes long. No, this one's thirty five minutes long. It doesn't matter. And when you and when you get going on something, you can kind of let things flesh out and uh, and cover whatever topic you want. Um, and I, I, I was talking to Ruben before we set this up. Um, I said, you and Kevin are similar in the, uh, the, the question that you ask people or ask others is, have you read dot, dot, dot. <laughs> and it's like, well, Ruben, I'm inspecting a lot and I don't necessarily have time to, to read. Uh, but, and by the way, when I say read, I mean, read slash listen, because they're the same right. thing now. Yep. Yep. Same thing. Right. Yep. So, uh, but the, um, I, I love that you get to sort of dive a little deeper with, with these folks that we may meet. And I've met some of the, some of the guys that you've interviewed, I've met them, but you know, at inspection world once a year for 15 minutes. Right. It, it, yeah. It, it, it's like you, there's, there's no way to really get to the, to the, to the depth of a person or what they've done or what they've, what they've gone through. It's definitely a learning experience. And if, and if there are other inspectors out there, whether you have, whether you're a single, single person or multi-inspector, it doesn't matter. You're going to pick up, you're going to pick up some nuggets in, in every one of them. And it's, I told Ruben, it is funny to hear, you know, it's sort of like this brush with fame. It's, it's funny to hear Ruben mention sort of third person when you're interviewing someone, I think it happened a couple of weeks ago. I forgot to tag you guys and Ruben because there's a couple, you know, while I'm talking to someone, I'll bring up Ruben's name because I'm always like, oh yeah, like if you're blogging, go to Structure Tech's website, go just go find ideas yeah. there and, and I'll make a note to tag you guys and I always forget. So like, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Thank you. No, but it's, it's, it's great to, it's great to hear that. Well, I joke that I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get Ruben a shirt that says, I'm Ruben Saltzman. I'm kind of a big deal. And <laughs> Yeah. And then everybody else would have shirts that say, I'm with Ruben. So yeah, I'd wear that shirt. <laughs> I, I think everybody would. I think everybody, uh, I think everybody uh, would. Well, look at the time. Look at yeah, the time. Ruben. Yeah. yeah, Ruben and you, Ruben. So yeah, he, he, I think it's difficult for everybody to take a compliment. Um, but you, Ruben, Ruben, especially, you know, you, yep, you're doing it now. You can't, yeah. you can't even make eye contact with people that you're not looking at. No, the, I know you're a very humble person, and uh, it's it's 
you've you know you've earned your recognition so that's why you guys I'll continue you- to have success right yeah. i mean yeah. how is nothing, your podcast nothing. going it's going well it's uh you know we we started out doing it in a studio uh-huh. it was great and now we're doing exactly what we're doing right now we're doing everything via zoom but we're enjoying it. I mean, it's me, Bill, and Tessa. It's the three of us every week, and we're always getting new guests on, and we're having a lot of fun with it. And I mean, some of these guests, it's like, if uh, there's one we just did on EMFs, like electromagnetic frequencies or whatever, stuff in the air that I've always just said, you know, kooky people are, are worried about this kind of thing. And we got somebody <laughs> on our podcast who specializes in testing for EMFs. And I mean, we kind of thought this is a little bit out there, but it was fascinating. I mean, I learned so much about it. We all learned so much about it. And I just thought I would listen to this. I got to listen to this again. We got to have her on as a guest again, just to learn more about this because there's something to it. I mean, this this is not nothing. So we've had some really good guests on that, I mean, have just really taught us a lot of stuff. I'm, I'm enjoying all I'm learning by interviewing people. Who's the target audience for your podcast? Is it inspectors or is it agents, home buyers it, also, or everyone? The, you know, it's funny, Kevin, the target is diligent homeowners and real estate agents. Okay. But I think the actual listenership <laughs> is like 75% home inspectors. Yeah. That's, that's not our intended audience, but it seems like that's most of who listens. Hey, it goes where it goes. That's the beauty of it. It's, that's right. It, it kind of happens. Right. And like you said, it's part fun and self-indulgence. And uh, that's the best. That's yeah. And we get, to, we get to learn more about Ruben too, the, because it was only in a podcast. And this is a nice segue for you, Kevin. Um, it was in the podcast that he, I guess, admitted, and I had never really heard him say this, that he didn't, he wasn't really convinced that Spectora was going to do what it's going to do. That's very true. And he he admitted to the podcast world that he was incorrect about that assumption. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I, uh, when you told me you wanted to switch, the reason I was like, yeah, go for it is because I thought to myself, I don't want to do the work but I don't want to be the one telling you this isn't going to help. Like right. then you're just going to be bitter towards right. me and you're going to think, well, Ruben's unwilling to change. It's like, that's one of our core values here at structure tech has changed. You want to do it, go for it. It's going to be a lot of work. And I've tried a lot of software. I even tried Spectora myself and I didn't see it changing anything. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was like, yeah, whatever, go for it. But I don't see it helping anything. I'm not going to say this. I don't want to be the wet rag, but try it. And when it did work out, I was, I was honestly quite surprised. I didn't see it happening, but I'm, I'm glad that I had listened to my team and I didn't get in the way of this one. <laughs> hey, I've once heard, what is it? Strong opinions, weekly held or whatever that like really intelligent people, they dig, they have strong opinions, but then when they see evidence or facts, they're like, Oh, okay. Well I changed my mind. Cause the facts change. Oh yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. a, have you heard of uh, Dunning, Dunning-Kruger? I think it's Dunning-Kruger. Uh-huh. It's, it's more or less, oh boy, I'm going to summarize this and really um, make people angry. But it's uh, the fact that dumb people dig their heels in and smart yeah. people are willing to change their mind. Uh, then that's, so that's another, you know, you have to be able to change your mind. And, and you, you had spoken earlier about ego 
and then this is this can be a pretty ego driven industry, but <laughs> but uh, if you've been yeah. on any if you've been on any sort of forums, it's very there are some very large egos out there. Oh, it's insane. Um, but you it it is it's an effort, and I I know that you know there are some things like I'm very especially things you become personally attached to like the Spectora thing. And there, there are some things where I, I need to sort of, eh, I could relax on that a little bit more rather than it's like, nope, this is the way it's going to be because George said something. It's like, no, this is not a, it's not a thing. And I need to, I need to sort of definitely check some of that. Um, but like with suggestions, especially with suggestions, um, it's, I think there's a better way to word it. There's always that instant part of like, what? I think it's worded fine. What's wrong? And then it's like, oh, no, their way is better. Actually, that's that's a much better way of wording it. So it's just sort of backing off and, you know, and working as a team, which can be difficult, you know, COVID aside, home inspectors, I mean, we are, we are you know, 15 different islands and, you know, being being a team and getting together, I know this is a bunch of tangents, but being a team and getting together to kind of create this spectacular, I, I think it's made it, I, I hopefully, I think it's made it easier for people to um, kind of see that something right in front of them could actually get better because I don't think they could think it could get better with the other software. I think with Spectora, they think, ah, this, oh, we can, we can do this. And I think we're still at the tip of the iceberg because, you know, coming up on winter, there are some other things I want to explore in Spectora. And, you can pass this along to the team, but I think it's worth saying too. Um, I think when we got into the industry, we kind of, we did our research. We really dug in and saw how others operate, just the perception of a com the competition and kind of the pace of the industry. And I think we really made our name on coming in and kind of having our own vision for like, Hey, no, we're, we're a tech company and we're going to listen to the experts that are in the field that have the boots on the ground. And we're going to marry the best of both worlds by talking to you often figuring out what needs to be built and then being agile like most tech companies are and having a process and systems around that as opposed to trying to imagine what's going on maybe you know in the in the offices and zooms of our competitors and we we're like well no we we know the way to agile development to trying to make customers happy changing the user experience and really just constantly being curious and i think that is a different mentality um you know than most in the business so you can let the team know, yeah, there's, there's, we have a team of 18 that every day live and breathe and think of this stuff and have meetings around the smallest features. Like we're, we're sitting there looking at the flag feature and looking at the location tags and thinking where else they could go. Oh, let's ask, let's ask some of our biggest companies. Oh, let's ask the solo inspector if that was obvious. And so that's, we really nerd out to that stuff. And so that's, um, that's cool to hear that you guys feel that because I don't think it's always said just how much we're fixating on all the little things that go into your day where you're tapping a button 300 times oh yeah, yeah. it's got it's got to be user friendly and um and you can kevin you can edit this out if you want but um if you remember this summer there are some things that went down with spectora right? <laughs> i don't remember <laughs> any of that i blacked had, out i blacked you out a, you had an interesting summer my friend um and we were, we were just about to sort of our kind of go live and like, yeah, let's go. Um, when everything went a little sideways for you guys. Yeah. And um, two things and that I told, that I told Ruben and I told others, it's like, 
uh, one, you know, and, and if, if you're on the Spectora Facebook forum, it's like, oh boy, this is, this is, this is, I, you know, they have some recovery to do and you guys recovered. And I, I just in, in, in knowing what I know about the software and kind of what I know a little bit about the industry, it's like, this isn't, this isn't the end of anything. It's like, great. Um, they, they made some mistakes and we're rolling back and now we're going forward and you did a good job of communicating that to everybody. So I, I remember putting us like, I think we're going to wait a couple of weeks and see what happens. And what happened was um, you guys tried something and I'm just being broad in terms, but you tried something, didn't necessarily work. Let's keep going on this, but let's focus on this. And it's just, it's gotten, you know, the incremental improvements are noticeable and we're, I mean, I'm, I'm happy. I think that's a, a distant memory for most. Sorry for bringing it up again, but we'll, we'll, you know, we'll like go a ahead twitch in my head. I know, I know, I know. It's like, it's not what you do, it's how you recover from it. And yeah. I think that's, yes. that's the, that's the big thing that happened here. It's like, this is a, it was a fantastic recovery. We're going to be fine. And the, and, and if, you know, there were some, there were grumblings, uh, definitely. It's like, you know, the smart Alex saying, so who are you going to use to write your report tomorrow? It's like, okay, uh, I don't care. It, 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 it's, it's not that bad. You guys are still going to be able to work and end stuff. So uh, hats off to you and your team for making a great recovery. And I just, I'm confident that changes coming in the future are not, you know, you're going to try things and yeah, we're going to break things. Maybe not to the degree that we're broken this summer, but you're going to break things and there's going to be, and then there's going to be a recovery. So I, I, I hats off to you guys for, for all of your efforts on that. Well, yeah. And you, you want to see a company who's not doing anything, who's not changing, who's not fixing anything. Uh, that's going to be a company who doesn't do anything wrong. They're just going to leave things exactly the way that they are. And mm -hmm. that's what pushed us so much to switch home inspection software because we had a company who wasn't doing anything. You make changes, stuff is going to go wrong. And I've long said that you want to learn about a company, look at where they screwed up and see how they deal with it. You can't really learn anything about a company who just keeps getting five-star reviews over and over again. I want to see how they respond to those one-star reviews. That is what tells me the most about a company. And humans so. in general, right? Like when they say Everybody, people, people yes. under adversity <laughs> yes. or stress, like get yes. a home inspector in a stressful situation. You see how he responds, and uh, and thank you guys for saying that. I I don't I don't want to I don't edit anything out of the podcast. I <laughs> I, lo I love talking about those moments because the things we learned from it and the optimizations we made with our Amazon cloud and our rep there and everything, all the intricacies of our databases and how we transfer all these photos got better from it. And so of course I can look back now and say, man. We learned a shit ton from that and our team stepped up and people worked 12 hour days and people went above and beyond. And I sent them gift cards afterwards and rewarded them. And it just <laughs> felt great afterwards. But then you're like, well, yeah, in the moment that really sucked. I was, I was sweating bullets. Probably my hairline probably went back even you know, <laughs> half inch or whatever, but, <laughs> but you're right. I think our community and uh, you know, the people we've built relationships with, that's where you strengthen that bond by responding instead of burying your head in the sand there's certain softwares where it's one or two guys running it. And it's like, what if they're on vacation or they don't answer you for a week? It's like, you're toast. You know? And so that's where we are trying to be very different and say like, yes, we are premium, but we're going to be there and we're going to bust our ass and we're going to stick with it. And we're, and, and we're going to do what it takes to make sure we're all successful. And so that's just a different take. And um, I want to talk about pricing too, with you guys, because I think you guys have a similar philosophy, but 
I was just going to say that is the structure tech way. That is the we've we've talked about that more than once in meetings. It's like yeah, we're not the the lowest price, but uh, boy, we're awfully good at what we do. Oh, so. I love it. I, I've watched that video like a couple times. I've sent you know many inspectors to it. I'm like, hey, you have are you questioning yourself on price? Go watch this video. See if you're on that level. But you got to be at that level. You can't just yes. do that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. And and I mean that's that's what we said about Spectora. I mean. That, that was a big kind of hesitation my team had with me, had coming to me with this. So like, all right, Ruben, I know that uh, we're using HomeGage right now and HomeGage user licenses are all paid for. It's like a one-time fee. They don't, they no longer do that, by the way. They did change. They did adapt. And that was interesting. I know they got acquired and I'm sure the acquirer was like, hey, this model isn't working. We got to change yeah. it up. Um, so I don't, know if yeah, that's, but, I don't know what that says. Before that, it was like, it's paid for. I, I, I was not paying a monthly fee, annual fee, nothing. And all of a sudden it's like, all right, we're going to switch to Spectora. It's going to be a thousand dollars per user per year or whatever it is. I don't know what it is. It's probably not that much, but it's a lot. And mm -hmm. you multiply that by the number of users. It's like, all right, we got 20 user licenses and hold on, wait. Let me do uh, the math. Oh, sh yeah. Wait, no, hold on. And we, you know, we had to think about it for a second. I said, well, let Let's try it. Let's see how it goes. Mm -hmm. I mean, because if if this can get us doing more inspections, it will pay for itself and it'll be worth it for the team. So let's try it. I mean, realistically, what is it? It's more like about 700 bucks per user, right? Right. It's it's I, and the way I, I kind of presented it to, to Ruben, it's like, yeah, that's that's a that's a check to write. But if it's 49 bucks a month, if you have one inspector doing one more inspection that they wouldn't normally have done. We, we you've made That's the money back. yeah five six x yeah yeah a month you, you know you you've or no more than that structure tech yeah. well yeah and then, you know even though yeah this person gets paid you know and there, there's a split and then structure tech makes more than 49 bucks on that that i think it i think it pays for itself you know it is it is weird to i guess um you know the proverbial check writing which no one does anymore but you know you, you write a check for for, you know, nine, 10, 15 grand a year, whatever it is, that's, you know, that's, yes, yeah, that seems like that's a gulp that you have to, mm -hmm. they have to take, but understand that, you know, sort of amortized throughout the year, that, that is, that is definitely going to pay for itself, especially with the ease at which people can get their, their reports. Um, I'm still kind of trying to nudge Ruben toward the, you know, we're not, you know, we still use ISN. So mm -hmm. it's like, boy, it'd be great if we could send them a text of their report, but we're going to, we'll get there. We'll, you know, yeah. we just have, we have other, other, th we just wanted to get the report, you know, kind of done and stable. Um, but, I, but I think uh, I look for big things to happen, not big things, just things, better things to happen over the winter. You know, while we're sort of hunkered down, we're going to try try some other things with Spectora. Most big multis do it that way in that phase approach because yeah, it's the report writing beast template, the beast, and then the back office. You're talking now admins, a different segment of your company that has to work with us to get onto advanced. So I totally get it. I mean, that's the natural progression. And I wouldn't, I don't, I advise people not to bite off both at once because then guess what? They're writing into support five times as much as opposed to, um, you know, the normal cadence. Yeah. Yeah. No thanks. Um, <laughs> What else are you guys thinking about in the industry? Like, are, are do you think much about ways we can evolve types of inspections? What homeowners and agents are asking for? I always like zooming out sometimes and just seeing like, is there anything on the horizon that we should all be thinking about? 
I'm I'm looking inward too much. I mean, my mm-hmm. my big focus has been on training and hiring. That's been our bottleneck here at Structure Tech. Just ramp, yeah, continuing and to ramp up. Yeah, that's that's where my my focus has been. Trying to Are figure there, out how to how to find people and get them trained faster. Here's a question: Is there is there still? I'm, I know the answer to this. There's a lack of tradespeople. Um, I think we see that anytime you get a quote for any any type of job on our houses, right? So is there still a shortage of home inspectors at the end of the day or is it just quality ones? I'm not sure. I don't know. Um, I I can only see it through my own lens. I can say that one of the best things we did was adding a page to our website titled employment and having a lot of information about who we are and what we offer and just getting the word out there to people and just saying we're hiring. Much like Ruben's kind of you know, thinking inward company-wise, it, it can be a little difficult for inspectors to, to see beyond the house that we're inspecting. True, true. You know, so, and then I, I just leave, I leave all the growth stuff up to, to structure tech. That, I mean, that was, hey, Ruben, you're back. Hey. Blue screen of death. You're kidding First me. First time ever on this computer. It just, I'm gone. We maxed it out. So I'm on my mobile phone here. Oh, Love the pivot. Love it. Uh, Ruben, one thing I wanted to connect home with what you were saying was you, you, you've been blogging for so many years, driving traffic to the site. That's consumers, agents, and inspectors. Then you throw up that employment tab or that menu item that naturally is going to lead good people to you because inspectors are always snooping and seeing whether people are writing about. So for others, it's like this, this comes full circle of the strategy of drive traffic to the website from all three personas in our business and good things happen. Yeah. Yeah, that's been huge. And we also took one person on our team, uh, Tessa, who does the podcast, and we've transitioned her from home inspector into recruiting and training manager. That's Mm -hmm. all she does now is she recruits and trains people. So I think that has really helped our bottleneck. We set a goal for how many people we're going to bring on at a time and how fast we're going to train them. And she seems Mm -hmm. to be doing a good job of it. I mean, it, it has yet to... It remains to be seen. We've got three people in training right now. We'll see if she can get them trained within three months. That's that's the target. We're on track to get that done, though. Love it. So. And I'm I'm already kind of impressed with the new process. That you know there are so we what we have is actually Neil Ruben's dad is he's got he's got three guys we got three guys that we're we're training right now, mm-hmm. and they showed up. I didn't even know they were going to be there. I just see these guys wandering around the, the outside of the house. Like, is that the, who's so, and then and I quickly realized, oh, okay. So the, the, the process is, so with Ruben, when I was training with Ruben, it was, you meet at the house, we're going to inspect the entire house and then we're going to go. And then we're going to do it over and repeat, repeat, repeat. Now they have a, a couple, it's a, I think Melinda's doing this too, Melinda and, um, and your dad. They're taking the guys and they're just focusing on a system like for a week or whatever it is. So mm. last week, whatever it was just, nope, we're just doing the exterior. All right. Now, now it's foundation. I, I love that. I love that because now we're going to get, we're just going to focus on this and then you, you're going to get jam full of information and then we're going to move on, but you're still going to be able to come back to, you know, the foundation, the exterior, stuff like that. I think it's a great approach to training. I'm really Very happy focused. with that. Love it. Very focused training. How yeah. much time do you guys have? I don't want to take it. We've been here about an hour, hour five. I want to be respectful of your time. 
You got a couple more minutes. I got, I got another question or two. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I, I don't have an afternoon inspection. Cool. Which is great. I want to know how big structure tech can get. What, what, what's your vision? You know, I, I've, uh, if you have one. I've been trying to be careful about this because there was a while in the spring and leading up to this, I was saying what we're going to do, what, you know, what cities we're going to go to, we're going to go to this or that city and we're going to carry on business and make money and, and we're going to go to this market and this market. And I was pretty bold about all that. And I, uh, while reading my Bible one morning, I came across James 4, 13 through 17. Uh, and it said, now listen, you say today or tomorrow, you'll go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. And all of the, and you know, I'm not going to keep quoting it, but it basically said, this is all just boasting. Knock it off. God is going to control all of this and you don't have a thing to say about it. So what you really ought to say, if it, it is, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. And so I've tried to change my tune a little bit and just say, look, I do have goals, but I, I preface it with if it is the Lord's will. So I, I hope that God sees things the same way. I would like to double our market here in the Twin Cities. Right now, we do inspections at about 5% of the pending sales in our market. I, I think we could oh. easily get to 10%. So, I mean, it's a big market. Exactly. We got a lot of room for growth here. And so, and I mean, just that point, we, you know, with, with 15 inspectors right now and a whole bunch in training and a whole bunch that have pulled off the schedule who aren't part of that 15, uh, e even with that, we're only at 5% of our market. So when inspectors look at one other inspector in their area, they're like, they're stealing my business. I challenge you, how much business are they really stealing? How much is really out there? Like what percentage of that pie do you own? But yeah, we could easily get to 10% here in the Twin Cities. And, and once we're there, that's when I wanna start looking at expanding out to different markets. And really what it comes down to is helping people because we've got people knocking down our door from all over parts of Minnesota, from different states, different surrounding states, asking, when are you going to be doing home inspections in our area? We love what you guys do. We need you here. And we want to be able to help those people. So Minnesota first, but then expanding outside of Minnesota in the next couple of years probably is our goal, if it is the Lord's will. I love that answer because I... I relate to that deeply. Mike and I always talk about, you know, future plans, other adjacent, you know, products, agent dashboard, other ways to grow the business. And then we also, we get recentered almost of like, oh, we're pulling ourselves ahead too far. There's a lot of home inspectors that still need to know about Spectora that still need to use Spectora. Thousands of them, five, you know, five, 10,000. Um, and so, yeah, there can be this distraction of future gains. Like you said, it's just kind of an illusion or, you know, whatever. And you'll get there and the call to it will be strong when you get there and it'll be the right decision and you'll know. Um, and I love that of taking care of the core. You got, and to hear that 5% number, I would have, I would have guessed 20%, you know, it's insane. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of room for growth. Do you find the, do you find those numbers from the MLS or do you pull it from like a Zillow of like monthly closings and just kind of back into yeah, it? Yeah. It's published MLS. Yeah. They, they talk about closed sales, pending sales, this, that, 
And I think the best number for us to track is pending sales, because as soon as it goes into pending status, that's about the time that people would want to get a home inspection. Everyone needs to know this number in their state and city and track yourself against it. I, I, I don't know how you don't know this number if you're an inspector. Um, so yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Because if you're not tracking that, then you're just riding the wave. You don't know if you're outperforming the market or not. And of course, not all of those transactions get home inspections. There's a ton that don't. But what you're looking at is the trend. When the market did this, what did your business do? Ah, that's huge to say. Yeah, because we're all riding a, a great bull market and wave in real estate. We can all acknowledge that. And so I think there's some false attribution going on of like, oh, we're doing, we're a great company. We are great inspectors. When in reality, the, the pie is just getting bigger. It's like, what are you doing within that? I like that. I love that line of thought. Yes. Um. Yeah. What else is on your guys' mind? We'll go like, we'll go like five more minutes, we'll say, and, uh, and just see what else, what else you're thinking about maybe operationally, procedurally. Cause like you said, you're looking within and focusing on the core. I love that. I think, I think more people need to adopt that mindset. I miss an, you I, know, I miss IB conferences personally. I can't wait to have another in-person conference, which won't happen probably for another six months. You know, from, from the, from an, an, an inspector point of view, and this is also probably tying back into that ego thing. Um, I've always been a fan, <clears throat> excuse me, of, of consistency. And, but I've also been a fan of how I do my stuff. So sometimes a team wanting to be consistent and how I do my stuff uh, isn't necessarily the same. So I want, you know, I want to, it's, I think it's important for the inspectors at a, a multi-inspection firm that's kind of, that's starting to get bigger, that as your, as, as your policies and, and all of the inspectors on our team, if they listen to this, they're going to be rolling their eyes um, because, because I'm guilty of it too. Like we decide that we're going to do something some way and we decide on an, uh, maybe a new procedure, something to do. Well, the, you know, the grumpy old guys are just like, why, what, why are we doing, what are you kidding me? And it's, it's like, I need to keep in mind that this is the bigger goal here is to make the, the inspection process as consistent and repeatable as, pro, as, as possible. So when they call structure tech and they get an inspector, we're all going to be doing basically the same thing. And, you know, I think I, I think I do, I think I do a good job. I, I, I really do. I, but it's not that these, these, the, the, the newer things, as we grow, things need to be kind of documented and a little more precise. So you can then repeat it because you can't, it's, it's difficult to chain, to, to train. It's like, oh yeah, that's how George does it. Oh yeah. Neil does it that way. And then Matt does it this way. It's, we, we really kind of need to be on board and I'm saying this, I'm saying this on a podcast to try to make a commitment to myself and Ruben and Structure Tech to do, to do a better job of like uh, not being, <clears throat> not being the, you know, the old guy that's been doing it for a while. Uh, you know, I'll show these young kids at it. It's like, no, that's, that's not my attitude at all. But I, I do, I do think that it, as, as multi-inspection, as multi-inspector firms become bigger, uh, I think it's making sure that everybody else has buy-in 
And it's like, there's a reason for this. And it's not that we're trying to be punitive or being a jerk about a testing method. It's just that we need to create consistency. If this isn't the way to do it, then someone needs to come up with a way to do it that we can all agree on, not to put everything to a vote. But if, if there's enough pushback, it's like, okay, well, maybe we need to rethink this. But having, having the, the team involved to a certain extent um, and, and to, to get buy-in, I think that's the biggest thing, is to get buy-in. Um, I think that helps propel a company further. I, 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 want to, I always want to be a commercial for structure tech. I always want, I've never lost that. And I, I always want to be able to, to say nothing but good things about structure tech. Um, we all have our moments. I'm not being unrealistic, but I, uh, you know, just speaking as, you know, the team wants to participate in the growth and we want to, and we want to do that for, uh, for the company. I love it. I think every member of the team has to know how it benefits them personally. Cause I think at the end of the day, people can buy into a vision, but we all you know, want to know how it benefits us. And I think consistency builds a brand and a brand that can grow and thrive benefits everybody upward, upward, uh, mobility, um, you know, higher salaries, everyone wins, I think with a strong, consistent brand experience. And so I think that's, we don't talk about that a ton in this industry because there's not many brands, you know, there's only a handful of brands that I name when I talk to people about brands in our industry you know it's the it's the structure tech it's the super inspectors it's the ria it's the elites there's not many you can rattle off where you say that's a known brand so that's cool to hear i really like hearing that from your perspective in terms of the buy-in um because i think mm -hmm. it's you got to know how it benefits everyone at the end of the day Whew, guys right. what, el what else what else we got we could wrap it here um i'm yeah. i'm definitely going to have you guys back again for a second and third time um Cause when it's fun, you know, I, I just get the feeling that when we're having fun doing this, everyone that's listening is going to have fun listening and then they're going to want, you know, want more of it. So, or they might I want so. less of it. They might say, sure. Just they have Ruben on next time. They can choose. <laughs> George yeah. was too loud at times. <laughs> no, I love the dual perspective. I think we, I don't think we've ever had this before. Um, you know, in terms of a lead long time, <clears throat> long time partner, as well as the owner. Well, guys, this is amazing. High point of my day and week. Um, thanks for taking the time. We we just kind of went with it and saw where saw where we went. I love it. Well, Thank you. This was great, on, Kevin. I can't wait to have you on our podcast. Yeah, we'll just maybe talk at each other back and forth, take turns, and then see if anyone cares. It'll be great. That sounds good, man. <laughs> Appreciate it, guys. Have a great rest of your day. Um, yeah, this was fun. You too. Take care.